If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Healthcare for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey there, leading ladies. Welcome to the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a two-time best-selling author, speaker, family physician, and executive leadership coach with over 20 years experience of providing primary care and serving as a healthcare leader. If you are a woman physician ready to make a change in your career and have a seat at the leadership table, then you are in the right place. I'm excited to provide you with the crucial skills you need to be a successful leader and strategies to deal with workplace challenges. So put on your headphones and listen as we explore the new world of building women physician leaders. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. So as you know, I am here in Miami, Florida, celebrating the National Medical Fellowship 75th Anniversary Gala event. I have had the opportunity to be able to interview and to be able to get to know some of the board members of NMF. And I have the opportunity today and the pleasure to introduce to you Dr. Amandi Yango. He is a pediatric ophthalmologist and a newly appointed board member of the National Medical Fellowships. So welcome, Dr. Amandi, to the Welcome Physicians Lead podcast. Thank you, Dr. Herbert. Pleasure to be here. Yes. So I have um, some questions I'll be asking you today. I'm very interested, and I'm sure the listeners will be very interested to know about your career journey, as well as your role with NMF and some of the great things that the organization is doing. So the first question that I have for you is, thinking about your career and your leadership journey, who or what may have been instrumental in that decision? Great question. You know, I would say not only who, but also where. My interest really began uh, two generations ago in Africa. My, my grandmother, who we buried a couple of years ago, she was 100 years old, uh, was born in Kenya uh, and lived for the first 50 years of her life as a colonial subject of the British. And under that uh, subjugation, uh, she was very resilient and she had 11 children, including my father. And one of the things, although she uh, couldn't early on read or write, uh, she insisted on is that they have an education. And whereas the British were conscripting Kenyans as soldiers in the King's African rifles, uh, she was able to exploit a second mode of encouraging her children to go to the British schools that they would set up in Western Kenya and get an education. And she did that for my father. And uh, he came to the United States in the late 60s and was a, benef a beneficiary of the NMF as a scholar and became a medical doctor, a pathologist, uh, trained at the University of Michigan, at the Brigham in Boston and at Wayne State Universities. And so he as well uh, was an inspiration and a who, if you will, uh, to open the doors of my mind, as it were, to even know about medicine and what it could mean to be a healer and to 
through the overcoming of one's own adversities, uh, help others to do that on a daily basis as a physician and a healer. That's wow. That's great. So what a, a history there in terms of just your not knowing, I guess, initially that there was going to be um, sort of a 360 moment for you now to be involved in that same organization that was so instrumental to the legacy in your family. And some of these things, like to your point, you don't know until you, you get there and then you look back and you say, how did I get here? And, and it wasn't on my own uh, wits, although part of it is that it's really on the, as they say, uh, shoulders of, of, ant of antecedents who came before you, whether they be family members or others, and a collective uh, uh, effort of, of many people. And, and the NMF emulates that through its, its long history, 75 years and ongoing, of having the foresight to a predicted need of Americans and, and really citizens across the world now to have good doctors. Absolutely. So it's it's so wonderful to see the impact, you know, that NMF has and continues to have as well. So looking at your role as a pediatric ophthalmologist, which there are very few of and very few African-American pediatric ophthalmologists, what does your day look like? Whom do you serve and what challenges do you face? I serve uh, children and their families who may have uh, eye problems. Uh, and, and these eye problems are not so circumscribed as just to the eyes. In uh, as much as the visual system is the primary organ of sense and of learning and of perception of the world. And in its absence, in fact, other faculties start to become uh, much more illuminated. But uh, my business is to detect and to safeguard and to treat and cure uh, developmental abnormalities of the visual system and the concordant global developmental progress of children uh, and for their families. And one of the things many people uh, don't realize is uh, pediatric, if pediatric ophthalmology is actually the quintessential adult ophthalmology. Mm -hmm. Kids often don't have symptoms. They don't complain about eye problems. Uh, they only become noticeable when they're an adult. So what we are doing, what I do, is to prepare children for uh, fullest potential uh, in their adulthood and the rest of their lives. It's a very uh, in important investment uh, in that regard. And in fact, uh, seemingly small uh, changes in the health of a child at a critical early period of their life can have enormous consequences. And some of those consequences are currently being elucidated through uh, research, through greater public awareness, uh, in the domain of health equity, and I'll offer others who may be interested later, point you to certain uh, uh, research articles that have opened up new questions that deserve uh, uh, answers as to why certain groups of Americans, American children, do or don't have uh, good visual outcomes uh, after their childhood and as they become adults. So the challenges I have are not only on a case basis of each child that comes to me and their unique attributes, and what must be personalized for them to reach their own potential. And then that can be very specific. In fact, one of the same questions a pediatrician asks uh, a child is what they want to be when they grow up. Mm -hmm. And as I've gone through my career more and more, I, I don't get a straight answer. And I, I have evolved from getting very specific things, you know, a teacher, a doctor like you, an engineer, uh, to I don't know. And then finally, I was really unsettled a couple of years ago when and tickled pink, I might say, a boy told me, Dr. Nyong'o, I don't know, I couldn't know, because the jobs of the future are not yet even imagined. 
so my job as a, as a physician is to also be an advancing learner and to learn from children and to get an inkling of what is to come and their and their own um, predictions, maybe beyond their own very vivid imaginations. Yes, yes. And I would agree with you. I mean, children, they do. They have such vivid imaginations. And oftentimes it causes us to take a pause <laughs> and to think ourselves as adults, right? And, and to gleam into that world of sort of, uh, of what they're thinking about and, and give us an opportunity to, um, to think outside the box. Hey, leading ladies, stay right there and we will be back with my amazing guests. This conversation is so good that you don't want to miss it. So stay tuned. Hello, leading ladies. It's Dr. Lisa. Ready to claim your seat at the leadership table? Well, let's partner together. I believe that when a physician learns the crucial skills they need to step up and lead, positive change happens in their own life and community. So, ready to talk? As a physician and certified executive leadership coach, I provide training and support for physicians who want to feel confident in their ability to lead, be the respected voice and help. So if you book your free 30-minute consultation today, we are going to analyze where you are in your career and identify the specific support you need to lead successfully. And if we're a good fit, I will provide you with the solution that is best for you. So I look forward to learning more about your leadership journey and how I can support your growth. Go to www.justrightbalance.com forward slash Physician Consult. That's www.justrightbalance.com forward slash Physician Consult. Hey there, leading ladies. It's Dr. Lisa. Thanks for hanging in with me. Now back to our amazing interview. So tell us your role about your role with NMF, um, how you got involved, and what inspired you to get involved with the organization. Sure. Well, uh, uh, a colleague of mine who's a dermatologist in California, Dr. Kwame Denyanke, uh, had involved me in some of the local San Francisco Bay Area events. I live in San Francisco. And uh, these really amounted to yearly meetings where we would fundraise for students. And that kept, uh, you know, the, the, the fire simmering, as it were, uh, over the years as my community of doctors in the San Francisco Bay Area participated in the local NMF events. Uh, recently, the NMF uh, has carried the, the presidency of Dr. Micheline Davis, which has really infused a whole new energy and can do. And I've become more involved uh, since the recent uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic and the new presidency of Micheline Davis uh, to uh, contribute to some of the thought leadership and other activities of the NMF. And, and recently I've been asked to join the, uh, the Alumni Alliance as its, as its president and ex-officio board member of the uh, NMF. And so these, you know, statutory offices are, are one thing. The bigger thing is that we work together as a collective and with an aim to uh, further the initiating mission of the NMF with new officers and can-do spirit. Yes. So that's great. Um, and I think that, you know, the work that the NMF has done in the past and, and what they're continuing to do now is wonderful. And I would agree with you that there is a new energy and a new outlook and a new 
um, just whole different vibe around what it means to get involved and to continue to, um, you know, provide scholarships for students and, and the importance of that and what that means in terms of increasing the number of BIPOC physicians in healthcare. So looking at you know, diversity in healthcare and leadership, how will having more BIPOC physicians impact healthcare and reduce disparities? Sure, well, there are a number of, of reasons. One of the uh, perhaps better known ones are the uh, evidence, if you will, that, that patients of certain races uh, do better with patients of a similar race, particularly if uh, they are underrepresented and uh, I would add to that, that being a African-American uh, doctor, uh, I'm able to role model what it means to be a doctor uh, of my race uh, for any child. And I think that's very important for Americans to have the role modeling of, of uh, black physicians and any physician uh, for all children. So that some of the very uh, dangerous stereotypes that start to infect the minds of children uh, uh, are, are pushed back against and start to become seen for their incongruity that they are when the physician that cares for you uh, was or is a black physician. It's very hard to believe certain stereotypes uh, when you uh, are cared for uh, for your life or limb uh, by a black doctor. So I think that role modeling is crucial, not only for black and BIPOC children, but for other children as well in the United States and beyond. Another thing that I uh, have heard is that uh, it, it's good for business, but I cannot really speak to whether it is good for business in a financial sense, uh, but I think it's the right thing to do. It is always the right thing to do to be inclusive and to not exclude people who may have something to bring to the table. At the end of the day, there is a absolute shortage of healthcare providers, of physicians and nurses alike, and people are sick. People are sick in America, physically sick. And, and we need doctors. And, and, and Black and other doctors are enthusiastic and ready to serve and quite capable. And when you remove a lot of the stereotypes, a lot of the um, circumstantial uh, barriers to our inclusion in serving Americans, then you can better serve Americans who need healthcare. It's that simple. Yes, absolutely. And what really resonated, all of the, the reasons that you gave, you know, pretty much um, resonated with me, but the one that really stood out was the role modeling for all children. And I think that that's so impactful and important. I remember as a practicing family physician, um, you know, in, in a diverse population, I did have uh, a Caucasian family that came to me they had young children and the mom one day said to me, you're not only a good doctor, but I really want my children to see what's possible and for them not to have biases and not to have stereotypes around what it means to be a physician. And I mean, this is 20 years ago and I still remember that. So I do think that it's really important for us to be, to, to carry um, ourselves in the manner in which others can see us in spaces where they may not think that we can be or should be. So that's really important. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I find that um, people have such goodwill. I mean, 
someone should be given a chance and if given a chance, take the chance and amazing things can really happen. And uh, every parent cares dearly about their child. And if you have knowledge and if you have talent and you can bring it to them, they will come, they, they will come and, and seek your, your, your treatment. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Doctors have some, in a way, sort of superpower to be able to influence not only the body, but the minds and the trajectory and the uh, mindset of, of the people that we touch, um, certainly in the work that we do directly with each patient. Absolutely. Yeah. So what three tips would you give our listeners or anyone who you know listens to this podcast about getting involved with organizations like NMF, whose mission is to recruit, support, and retain BIPOC health professionals? Where, where should they begin? Yeah, well, I think they have begun by listening to this podcast. <laughs> and uh, in the internet era, they can go online and, and, and look up the NMF and peruse uh, the activities that, that we promote. Uh, I think also that it's important to be confident in this work and not to be timid or, or afraid. Uh, you know, uh, inviting and welcoming and promoting uh, BIPOC physicians uh, improves uh, quality. You know, when we're at the table, the competition uh, is stiffer. Everybody has to work harder. We become better. Everyone with whom we are, and I say competing carefully, competing uh, is better. You know, we're quickly evolving away from a purely competitive type of uh, training mindset in medicine to a more collaborative one. The problems that we that we treat are, are complex and they require people who are very specialized like myself to work with other people with different specialties to integrate the whole of problem solving for patients who are, who are a whole human being. And so our collaborative work requires every piece of a puzzle to be exactly on the table to make it all fit together. And, and that's who we are as Americans in this country. We've always been that, the recognition of that and the inclusion of all of the expertise that we have and that we have to stand to gain from and lose absolutely nothing is there for you to take. And, and the NMF uh, can help you. I would also say um, we welcome help, but, but also we can help you. Come to us and ask us how we can help you. One of the things about doctors is we like to help. We like to help people. We like to be helped as an organization, but we also uh, like to help. So if there's a problem that you have uh, in this uh, arena, come to us and we can help you to brainstorm uh, to solve it, whatever it may be. Yes. Well, thank you for that, Dr. Amandi. And thank you for taking the time out today to speak with me about your journey and about the great work that you're doing with NMF. Um, and I look forward to hopefully having you back on maybe again in the future, <laughs> or certainly exactly. you know, being able to, to work with you in this space of helping to recruit, retain, and support BIPOC physicians. So thank you again, and I hope that you enjoy this weekend coming up. My pleasure. Likewise. Have a great day. Thank you for listening today and for allowing me to be a part of your career journey. To continue receiving leadership support, I invite you to join our private Facebook group, Building Women Physician Leaders at www.leadingladiesincharge.com. Until next time, take care. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Healthcare for Humans, 
hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.